Hello and welcome into Empire Sports Talk, everybody. This is Max O'Neill alongside Gavin Levy. We're back. Thanks for coming back on, Gavin. It's been a while. Thank you for having me. Very excited. Of course. And uh, today we're going to be talking about the NBA free agency so far. You know, Kevin Durant, of course, still a big story. Kevin Durant hasn't been traded yet. Um, the Astros, the Yankees, the Mets, you know, all around Major League Baseball and uh, the college football landscape changing as we speak at this moment. Um, and so let's just jump right into it, Gavin, with NBA free agency. Who do you think was the best um, free agent signing so far? And I mean, you know, best, you can define best whichever way you would like to in terms of, you know, most cost-effective, best player, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, are we saying new team or just resign? I guess I'll, I'll go with who went to a new team. Um, and I'm going to go maybe a little bit of a hot take to some people, but I'm going to go Jalen Brunson. I think uh, our Knicks – oh, oh, Max doesn't like that one. Our Knicks haven't had a point okay. guard. And basically my entire life, I mean, Stefan Marbury was still on the team when I was basically a baby. And that was, I think, the last point guard that we really had. I guess Raymond Felton had a good year or two. Um, But I think that Jalen Brunson, uh, he's still pretty young. I think he's still improving. Um, He's played with a super ball dominant player in Luka Doncic for a while. And I think He's been a winner everywhere he's gone at every level. Um, he's a just a, a true professional, a hard worker, and I think he's going to come into the team and really improve it. I don't think he's going to be, you know, that one next step for a championship. I don't think anyone else is going to be that for the Knicks right now. So I think that to get a guy that is going to – just lead this team offensively um, is a really nice signing for the Knicks. And I think he'll help um, the other young players grow, especially RJ finally having a, a capable point guard. I think that'll help him. Yeah, we'll see. I think hopefully he plays well. I actually think the best free agent signing was actually not a free agent signing, but a trade. I think the Minnesota Timberwolves stealing Rudy Gobert from the Jazz is going to make them instantly contenders next year. I mean, I don't know how you go down in the paint and score on them when they have both um, Cat and Gobert on the floor. Yeah, I think that they gave up a lot, though. They gave up um, – what was it? I think it was – four unprotected picks and their first round pick this year. Um, but uh, I mean, I like it. They're going for it. Um, and it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, yeah. I think Lou Dort getting a big deal is good for him in Oklahoma City. Five years, 87 million. But I think the best free agent signing um for all parties involved was probably um I would say um 
Yusuf Nurkic maybe to the Trailblazers. I think that's like a kind of four-year, seventy million. Like he, I like Nurkic. Like I think he's a good player, and I think that's a good piece to add to the um, Trailblazers as they continue to kind of like I don't know if you would call it a rebuild, but you know, kind of rebuild. Yeah, I think as long as Dame is there, um, it's not a complete rebuild, but more of like a retool. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Nurkic, I mean, he's been hurt uh, for, or he wasn't hurt, but he, he's just been injured a lot over the past few years. Um, but he has been like really a force to be reckoned with at times. Um, so I agree. I think they're going to get back to their ways um, or at least be better than they were last season. I was surprised at just how much Nikola Jokic got. I mean, that's a lot of money. Are you surprised that? I'm surprised at just the dollar amount, that just the figure. Are you surprised that they gave him the max or that the max was that much money? That the max was that much money. That the super max was two hundred and sixty-four million dollars. Um, because, I mean, I don't think you can really argue against giving um, a two-time MVP a max contract. But I'm not arguing against that. They're yeah, not- yeah, I, I understand that, and I'm saying that. Yeah, I think it is just the way what's happening to the money, just in general, is just crazy like i mean the cap everything these contracts are growing exponentially um and i think that when the nba instituted these supermax contracts i think it's kind of working out the way they wanted it to because they wanted star players to re-sign with their teams they didn't want these small market teams to be at disadvantages so they allow them to offer more money and now we see everyone re-signing because i mean yeah that is crazy money to give up that's crazy money to not sign so um yeah it's it's wild and i think it's just gonna keep growing and growing and and like to think these guys are gonna be making 60 million dollars um in a few years during these contracts that they're signing i mean that's you know three times as much star players were getting paid not that long ago. Yeah. Uh, superstar even. So um, it's, it's crazy stuff. Yeah. And this is one signing that I actually didn't see until I, until I started to prepare for this, but um, the Pistons signing Kevin Knox to a two year, $6 million deal. Did you see that? I didn't see that to be honest. I didn't see that. Yeah. He was he was a bum for the Knicks. Yeah, I think it's it's a fine signing. I mean, they're not trying to compete right now. They're trying to develop the young guys and yeah, just keep going and just he'll you know maybe they can make something out of him. And if they can't, which is probably what's going to happen, it's three million dollars a year. Which, as we just talked about, these guys making sixty million that doesn't matter. So yeah. It's a fun signing. Um, I think 
one signing that I'm not going to call it underrated because it's not underrated. Everybody talks about it forever and always because of who he is. Um, but I think the Pelicans re-signing Zion was super important for them because, you know, the Knicks traded for uh, – because, I mean, since he got – since the NBA draft lottery that year, every report forever has always been that he wants out. You know, everybody was like, oh, he's going to be a Nick or he's going to be a Laker, and then he looked sad at the lottery, and it's, you know, all the reports. And so I think that was really important to re-sign him by the Pelicans. Yeah, and it just – I mean, it goes back to this – super max business like if you're him and you haven't even played in a while you don't know what's going on with the injuries and the pelicans are just going to give you 200 million dollars like you just take that money like it's just I mean, you don't mess around with that um and uh i agree for them locking him up uh they're gonna be paying a lot of these young guys a lot of money Brandon Ingram's going to be getting a lot of money, so they're not going to have too much cap anyway. So just locking up Zion, I think it's a it's a good move for both parties. Yeah. Um, and why do you think that KD wants to be traded? Like, I don't know why, like, to be honest. I mean, I guess he wants to go try to win another one at the Warriors or whatever, but, like, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's a bit of a circus over there in Brooklyn. Um, For all the talk of, uh, oh, Katie and Kyrie want to go to Brooklyn because it has a good culture and all that, and the Knicks are a clown show. I mean, I think that's really been flipped upside down, and – I mean, I, one hypothesis that I saw was just that um, he was really disappointed with Brooklyn not wanting to offer Kyrie Irving a max contract, which is pretty ridiculous because the whole time uh, the Nets, they've had his back. They have um, when James Harden was pissed off about Kyrie not playing um they shipped James Harden off um they let Kyrie do his cuckoo you know yeah they they ordered Kyrie and KD the whole time and when they say like okay we're not actually going to give you a max contract now then Kevin Durant feels betrayed I mean it's just it's not fair to uh to the Nets I think um and uh I think uh Joe Sy is just yeah, he's he's done with it. He's had enough. I don't I don't know if he's that mad anymore that like Katie wants out because I think it's just been a lot and it's it's enough. I mean, I saw I think Katie on on Twitter. He like responded to one of those reports and was kind of like, "Oh, you don't know what's going on. And like, you guys don't know everything." And yeah, it's just him and Kyrie have just been a lot to handle, and it looks like all parties might be ready to just move on. Um, And another trade that I just liked, it was a good trade, I thought, was uh, the Celtics getting Malcolm Brogdon because they basically didn't really 
give much up. They gave up a bunch of like end of the roster guys and a pick, which is probably not going to be super high to get just a genuinely really good player. Um, so between him and Marcus Smart and Derek White, that's a rotation of three really good guards they can shuffle around. Um, and it improves that team that was just in the NBA Finals. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I was surprised that that trade – or that that was all Malcolm Brogdon cost to get. Um, yeah, I mean, people were talking about the Knicks giving up the 11th pick and OB Toppin for him, like just ridiculous stuff. So, yeah. Um, it was a good deal. The MLB trade deadline is fast approaching, and we will have more, you know, in-depth coverage when it is here. Um, but the Yankees are only six and four in their last ten. Like, am I crazy to stress out about the New York Yankees? I think so. I mean, six and four, they've won. That's 60% of their games over a 10-period stretch. And they played the, you know, Astros um, in that stretch. And I, I think I think the answer is yes. Okay. They almost – they tried – they almost sweeped the Guardians yesterday. Now mm-hmm. coming up, they have um, – and they couldn't get it done. Now coming up, they have the Pirates. So they should sweep the Pirates, I think. Despite O'Neill mm-hmm. Cruz absolutely raking recently um, mm-hmm. and hitting some moon shots. Have you seen O'Neill Cruz? Yeah, he's fun. I was looking at his stats last night. I mean, they're not, I mean, he is still uh, a rookie. His, his stats are not too crazy right now in this limited sample size, but just the stuff he's been able to do, you know, he certainly passes the eye test. Yeah. Um, I mean, the the 97 mile per hour throw, he's one of the fastest players in the game right now at six, seven, right? Let's, I don't know if Leon Rose is watching, but uh, yeah, yeah, he's, he's a beast and he's going to be fun for, for years to come. Yeah. I saw a TikTok like that, that um, Buck Showalter, uh, or um the Mets will sign uh, Donovan Mitchell to a minor league deal. And uh, so, you know, they can pay him like $20 million and get past the NBA uh, salary cap. Uh, yeah. As he comes to the New York Knicks. Yeah, but, it's a good idea. So, yeah, now the Yankees have the, um, the Pirates for two games, and then they go to Fenway for four games. Um, including Sunday night baseball, obviously, because, you know, every time the Yankees and Red Sox play on a uh, weekend, it has to be Sunday night baseball. That's like a law. Mm-hmm. And then they welcome in the Reds. So they should beat the Reds in a three-game sweat, uh, sweep, I think. Mm-hmm. And they play the Red Sox again. And then they have two against the Astros. So they could – Potentially, um, you know, hopefully they sweep the Pirates, win, let's say, out of the four, 
split the four versus the Red Sox, sweep the Reds. So, you know, that's um, like eight wins in the next 12 games or something like that. So that's pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Um, and so what do you think the Yankees have to do to make that happen, to keep it up? Um, um, I think uh, they just have to – yeah, they have to – the same formula uh, that's been working, uh, they have to use it. The pitching has been unbelievable. Uh, and Aaron Judge has been carrying this offense. And I think if they um, – can stay on that path then they're going to be tough to stop so yeah you know who i would love to see be a yankee for very little um amount of time moving forward for a very short amount of time rather you know to speak proper english um joey gallo (sighs) yeah he's a bum with like he is hitting 165 right now, or 164, or something like that. That's pathetic, dude. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I agree. I think that it's been bad. I mean, there are a lot of different kind of advanced stats and pe- that people can try to cook up, but uh. He's just really not performing. And every day he goes out there, he's been a minus for the Yanks. So yeah. Um I wouldn't be too sad if they uh moved on from him. Yeah. I agree. Um so we'll see what they do with him. MLB.com put up an article, every MLB or every team is the most untouchable player. And obviously the Yankees weren't as obvious judge. They got to resign judge, dude. Oh, yeah. They do. They really do. They got to. I mean, I don't know what the hell they're doing, messing around, but not resigning him or whatever. But they, he's on pace for like 63 home runs, I think, still. He's been slumping a little bit recently, a little bit. I mean, at least to his standards. But, you know, they still got to re-sign him. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Did you know that um, Rob Snyder is a Red Sox now? Oh, yeah? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I knew that. I might have known that. Wow, that's it's crazy that he's still in the league. Yes, I got a T-shirt of his when he was a uh, Blue Jay. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. I know they sell those. Yeah. Probably not, not the uh, biggest seller. No disrespect. Or actually, this. no, I didn't. I got a uh, Kevin Pillar T-shirt. Okay. Um, Makes a little more sense, I think. I agree. Um, and 
what do you, do you think the Mets are for real now that they're getting back both um, Scherzer and Degrom? Yeah, I think so. I mean, they have had some really bad luck injury wise, and they've still been one of the best teams in the league. And I guess I mean they're if you make a starting rotation out of guys that have been hurt, I think it can challenge for one of the best rotations in the league with DeGrom and Scherzer who's coming back and Bassett who hasn't been hurt for long, but he might be out. And uh, uh, Tyler McGill was, I mean, he really cooled down, but he was really good to start the season. Um, So it's, uh, that is a pretty wild list. And maybe you could say it's not luck. These are all, like aging guys this was bound to happen but um if they can come back and be themselves then oh, that is crazy yeah i i mean i think that rotation is uh, as you said i completely agree with you one of the best in baseball if everybody's healthy like i don't i don't want to face in a two-game series if um especially if i'm in the nl um DeGrom and uh, – or, you know, on back-to-back nights, rather, not two-game series, sorry. Um, but on back-to-back nights, you know, DeGrom and Scherzer. And then let's – and then, if you know, it's let's say it's the NLCS and you got to face three or four or five, and then you got, you know, McGill, who's hurt, obviously, and, you know, um, Carlos Carrasco, who I think, like, nobody really remembers as a Met – and Chris Bassett, who's hurt too, you know. Taiwan Walker is starting to pitch really well. Yeah. Um, I mean, everyone is like uh, talking about potential uh, starting pitchers at the deadline for the Mets, which, I mean, it makes sense because they, you know, have had these injuries, but it's kind of crazy on paper to think about. I mean, even David Peterson isn't pretty good. Like, yeah. it's on paper when they got these guys healthy it's it's scary yes i think the yankees need more out of um i think the who do you think needs to step up for the yankees outside of joey gallo because joey gallo is obvious joey gallo is an easy answer but you know outside Um, of joey gallo uh i mean I would look at like an Aaron Hicks. I mean, he had one of the biggest at bats of the season when he hit that, what was it, three run tank against the Astros. Uh, but other than that, um, he's been really struggling. He's been not helping the Yankees win games, I would say. Um, who do you think comes to your head? Yeah, I think Hicks, of course. I think. Um, Rizzo a little bit. Rizzo has come up with some huge hits, but like he's only hitting two twenty three. That needs to be up in the two fifty range, I think. I still like him; like he's still one of my favorite players on the team. But I think he needs to step it up. Yeah, uh, well, I was just gonna say with Rizzo. Yeah, I mean the average isn't great, but uh, I mean he's walking and. 
he's hitting a ton of home runs. He's an eight forty four OPS right now, um, yeah. which is pretty good. That's really good. So, um, yeah, if he could hit for a little more contact, that'd be nice. But I, I'm still I'm not mad at what Rizzo's doing. Yeah, um, I think, uh, and I'm not complaining, so, you know, please don't get me wrong, but I think it'll be interesting um, to see how Nestor Cortez continues to um, progress because he's already, you know, passed his season high for innings prior to this season. And, you know, he's gotten roughed up, a few, you know, in recent starts, in two recent starts which whatever that happens to everybody over the course of a season. So it'll be interesting to see how he, you know, comes back. It's going to be really interesting. Can he keep it up? I don't know. We'll see. I mean, he's pitched, he pitched well in his last start. Um, in yeah. Cleveland the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, in that game, he went – Six innings, three hits, only one run, six strikeouts. So, you know, that's impressive. Mm-hmm. That's a good start, I would say. And so, you know, what do the Astros have to do to catch the Yankees? Right now they are sitting in second place in Major League Baseball, um, seven games behind the Yankees. But, you know, they just took um, – they split with the Yankees, including no hitting the Yankees almost no hit them for a second day in a row beat them on last Friday, which, you know, we'll date this episode a little bit, but regardless, um, and so what do they do to catch the Yankees? There's six games back. Excuse me for best record in baseball. Um, yeah, it's a good question. I mean, they are really, a scary team right now. Um, and they have some guys that are just heating up. Like uh, I saw like Kristen Javier has been pitching out of his mind lately. Um, I mean, Framber Valdez has been great. Verlander, um, you know, just they, they have some really – good players your Dan Alvarez is maybe the best hitter in baseball I don't know uh so what do they have to do they just have to uh keep performing and I'm thinking about people they could add I don't know do you have any ideas of people they could add to the deadline um maybe another outfielder maybe I could another outfielder. an outfielder for them maybe have, um or sorry, go ahead. You can go. Yeah, I was just thinking out loud. You can maybe a um they can add a uh reliever. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know how much in the postseason I would trust Phil Mayton or um you know Luis Garcia and Lance McCullers Jr. is on the on the uh IL oh, 60 day, which you know he's not a reliever, obviously, but you know. I think that's probably the biggest weakness of their team at the moment mm-hmm. is their bullpen. 
So that's what I would concentrate on if I were them. Um, yeah, it's still pretty good, though, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, they've got guys that uh, are real studs. Ryan Presley, Ryan Stanek's tough. Yes, I also think that they have the best of the um, City Connect jerseys that baseball has released so far. I don't think I saw this. They're sick. Honestly, like if I didn't despise the Astros and the rebone in my body for cheating, I might cop one because they're absolutely sick. Look it up. All right, I'm, I'm looking it up. Uh, yeah, those are cool for sure. I like the fund. Yeah, NASA. Yeah. Cool. Um, but yes, yeah, Stan Ryan Stanek has a uh, uh, 0.69 ERA. Seth Martinez is a 0.96 ERA. So, you know, their ERAs are pretty good, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I think Justin Verlander with a 2.03 ERA is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Especially at his I, age. I mean, he's is he 38 now. He's 39. Um, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, so he's dealing so it'll be interesting i think a series between them and the yankees and the alcs would go seven yeah i think so there are some different ways to look at that series because i guess some people would say oh the yankees played really badly and still won two games but i don't know i mean the astros i think looked like the better team for most of that series I agree. My opinion. If I'm um, the Yankees, that scares me a little bit, especially because then they won that game on Friday. I mean, they no hit you. Like, they legitimately, like, no hit a team that came in, like, touting the best offense in baseball. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so. Yeah, they needed late rallies um, in both of those games that they won. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Maybe you could look at it and say, oh, it's just that's a good thing. It shows the Yankees are resilient. But I don't know. I don't know. Um, and so now moving ahead very, very quickly for two seconds. Is Ronaldo going to go to Wrexham? Can they go to Wrexham? You know, um, I think so. I think he's going to go to Wrexham. That would be insane. <laughs> He's not going to Rexon, but that would be funny if Ronaldo went to Rexon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For those that don't yeah. know, Rexon is um, a team in the fourth tier of um, – I don't know if they're in the fourth or fifth, but um, they're, um, they're a team in um, the fifth tier. They didn't get promoted last summer or last season, even though they have um, – one of the best players in world football. 
um, in Paul Mullen. Um, but they're owned by um, Rob McElhaney um, from Kurt, uh, from, sorry, not Kurt, um, from Always Sunny in Philadelphia fame and um, Ryan Reynolds from, you know, Deadpool and various other um, big time movies over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ronaldo's going to sign with Wrexham. That would be hysterical. Um, it's obviously not going to happen because he said he wants Champions League football, but that would be funny. Um, mm-hmm. And we're going to move on now to um, college football news. And of course, the huge, the big news of the last few days is the news that USC and UCLA are going to the um, Big Ten, leaving the Pac-12, which is crazy to me. Um, Just from a purely from a geographic standpoint, which I know not everything is about geography or whatever. um, It's, I looked it up the other day, it's a three-hour flight from Los Angeles LAX to Lincoln, Nebraska Airport. And so they're going to do that, and they're going to have to go to Piscataway, New Jersey. They're going to have to fly into Newark Airport and go to Piscataway, New Jersey to play Rutgers. And they're going to have to go to Columbus, Ohio to play Ohio State and, you know, East Lansing, Michigan, and, you know, et cetera. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, um, it's pretty unthinkable. Like, it's just weird, yeah, to think about. Um, but um, I think it's going to be fun, fun to watch. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that uh, some college football fans have seen uh, a lot of realignment in their lives, but um, for someone – like me, I mean, I, I think that for as long as I've been alive, or at least as I've been a college football fan, things have pretty much been the same. And there have been like little changes here and there. Um, but uh, nothing too crazy stuff that I just, I mean, forget about. I mean, Maryland and Rutgers, they weren't in the Big Ten a while ago. And Louisville and I guess Syracuse and Pittsburgh, like there've been little changes here and there, but just stuff that, yeah, I don't really even think about. So just, I think the the college football landscape is just going to change in this insane way. Um, And I mean, I'm, I don't know if it's going to be good for college football, but I'm excited to see how it works out. Why do you think it won't be? Um, what do you think is the problems with it? Outside of just the travel. And I think one thing that I saw the other day that I think is true, sorry to interrupt you, is that I think everybody else gets forgotten about in this. We're just talking about how the USC football and, bat and you know UCLA football players 
uh, are affected. But what about the USC, you know, uh, water polo team, women's water polo team or whatever? I don't know if they have a women's water polo team. I assume they do because they're a school in California. But, you know, like they're going to go to Piscataway, New Jersey now in December to play a water polo game. That's not true. That's not going to happen. Yeah, it's pretty I'm crazy. Sorry to keep shitting on Piscataway, New Jersey, but you know, I've been to Piscataway, New Jersey. I would rather be in Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, you're right. I mean, no disrespect, but uh, if USC is and UCLA are pulling up to Rutgers, it's it's gonna be an interesting scene. Yes. Um, and yeah, to answer your question, um, I mean, yeah, I'm just, I don't know. I wonder about, um, these other teams that are, uh, not exactly having the big 10 or SEC knock down their doors, um, kind of the maybe average or below average power five teams, uh, where are they going to land? And I don't really know what's going to happen to them. And yeah, I mean. I guess we'll see. I mean, the money is going to be crazy, right? The, the Big Ten deals and the NIL. I mean, NIL is already getting pretty wild. Um, and, yeah, I just think this this whole landscape is just going to change in ways that we don't even know. Right? Yeah. When do you think it will be? Um, less like when do you think it will just completely be a business not that that's a bad thing at all I think it is a business for everybody except the athletes and you know until they agree to the NIL stuff but like the schools saying over you know not under the table but out in the open saying Arch Manning we will sign you to a two year three or we'll sign you to a three year ten million dollar contract like the you know do in the NFL where it's the same exact thing or you know Duke men's basketball can say you know Zion Williamson you know I don't know whatever you know name a recruit in two years here's you know a one-year deal for 10 million dollars or something instead of just the NIL stuff yeah it's a good question I mean well technically that stuff is still going to be illegal but they're just gonna get around it have you followed like the uh miami stuff a little bit what are you can you expand upon it your point yeah um i mean i've just seen i see all the darren rovell tweets about it and it's kind of crazy stuff they miami it seems like they're basically doing that right now like they have this big booster john ruiz who has this company that I know it seems like kind of just like a fake company and he just like gives these guys a ton of money. They had a, I'm forgetting his name, but this big time recruit from uh, Kansas state basketball recruit, they just like paid him $800,000. I think it was like a two year, $800,000 deal to transfer to Miami. And it's like basically what you were saying. I mean, it's technically like, 
a sponsorship deal with this company life wallet that is like as i said i don't even know if that's a real thing and it's just this guy that i guess he just wants to see his team be good just spending money on these guys I and mean, i think they were paying like their backup quarterbacks like hundreds of thousands of dollars like not to transfer like wow it, it's really interesting stuff. Then the new rumor was this big. Did you see they got this big time um, quarterback recruit? Yeah, I saw that. And did you see there was a report that he was getting like $9 million? Yeah. Yeah, Jaden. I saw that the other day. Yeah. And then he shot it down and said it's not true. But that's, I guess maybe it's not true, but it's just. It's crazy stuff. I mean, I think they are doing that. They're just paying these guys out in the open to come. And um, I guess in theory, the NCAA can't do anything about it because it's it's NIL technically in quotation marks. So uh, as you said, that just could be the, the road we're headed. I mean, maybe it's it's just happening everywhere already and it's just not advertised, but uh could be pretty crazy if they're just like reagents. And as you said, just like signing deals with these colleges, like their teams. Yeah. And like, I mean, when I think about NIL stuff in Miami and, you know, paying players and think about Nevin Shapiro. Do you remember that story? I do not. So in um, between 2002 and 2010, um, while uh, which it collapsed in November of 2009 when Nevin Shapiro's Ponzi, $930 million Ponzi scheme collapsed. but um, And he eventually went to jail for 20 years in order to pay $82 million in restitution. But so in 2002, he uh, started a, uh, or he paid for $1.5 million for a 30% stake in a um, sports management company. Um, and then that company signed Vince Wilfork and a bunch of other uh, University of Miami athletes. Um, and he was a big booster, um, spent $2 million from 2002 to 2010 in support of the football and men's basketball teams. Um, and there's like in the uh, in the documentary, the U part two, the 30 for 30, there's like footage of him running out of the tunnel with the team. But like he would throw lavish parties for all the players, go to strip clubs with the players, you know, go to the, all the South Beach clubs and buy him drinks and all this kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's crazy stuff. Yeah, it's really and like everybody knew about it. Like in that um in that thing in that U part two documentary, they uh showed the then president at the university like giving him a check, thanking him for his help with the programs or whatever. Mm-hmm. So like if the president is giving you a check, everybody knows about it. Yeah. Um that's crazy. And it, it just, it kind of sucks because this, a lot of this stuff is, um, I think, going to be difficult to enforce or NCAA might just 
not enforce it and it's just it's gonna be weird for college sports but i mean with that story maybe it's been going on already yeah so who knows i think it'll be interesting to see if it does become kind of more business-like where like i said here's five million dollars here's you know for a one-year deal for basketball or you know two-year deal or whatever um and how much of that is guaranteed then because you know if you're in the nba at least you get some pension i think i don't know really how the pension system works i'd have to get jeremy losak on the phone and for him to explain that or whatever but like mm-hmm. if you're in college, you know, and you, let's say you, you know destroy your knee, you can never play again, and then you, so now you can't go to the um, NBA. Mm-hmm. So and so I looked up this article about um, Evan Shapiro. He um, had a co- quote at a cost that Shapiro estimates in the millions of dollars. He said his benefits to athletes included, but are not limited to cash, prostitutes, entertainment, and his multi-million dollar homes and yacht, paid trips to high-end restaurants and nightclubs, jewelry, bounties for on-field play, including bounties for injuring opposing players, um, travel, and on one occasion, an abortion. So. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, it's a crazy world. Yes. So I wonder if it's going to be like that, kind of, you know. Yeah. No, kind of the Wild West. And I don't know how you ran it in now if you're the NCAA. Because they can just say, oh, it's NIL, right? Yeah. Because uh. you just say, you know, you put them in one commercial in their entire four years in school or whatever, and oh, it's NIL. He was in that one commercial. Yeah. Or you get him to stand, you know, post a picture on Instagram wearing a, you know, Gavin Levy Incorporated, you know, T-shirt or something. Mm-hmm. And I'll let yeah. you know. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, so, so we'll see what happens. Where do you think Notre Dame goes? You know, of course, and, you know, we all know what, that I support Notre Dame. I'm not, you know, nobody is hiding that here. Um, it appears that everybody is kind of waiting for Notre Dame to make the move because it appears less and less profitable for Notre Dame to stay independent because, mm-hmm. you know, it appears that they could potentially be on the outside looking in if. Um, you know, if there's two super conferences and Notre Dame is still independent, you know, what the hell is Notre Dame going to do? They're going to have to join one of those conferences. But Notre Dame doesn't want to give up the $15 million that they get from NBC every year, mm-hmm. which that's a good amount of money. So where do you think Notre Dame, what do you think Notre Dame does? Do they join the SEC? Do they join the ACC? Do they join the Big Ten? Oh, and I guess like if they uh, join one of these conferences, they'd be bound to the, the conferences TV deal. I think if you're Jack to... Swarbrick, though, sorry to interrupt you. I mean, that's like a like a question, though. Is it is that what think... you're saying with them? Yeah, that would make sense. But I think if you're Jack Swarbrick, you say, you know, hello, Big Ten. 
we know you want us. So, because we are negotiating from the point of power here, because you want us, we're going to keep our NBC deal, keep making our $15 million a year. And, you know, we'll play one game a year on the Big Ten Network or something, or two games a year on the Big Ten Network. Every other game will be on NBC or on, you know, primetime ESPN, ABC. I think that would make sense. Um, I mean, for them, yeah, it's looking like uh, – Like maybe the Big Ten would be uh, the way to go. Um, I mean, I think I'm, I'm looking it up. Um, is it? I think their deal is expiring with NBC in 2025. Yeah, I saw that. Um. So I guess they could wait until then. Um, I mean, the, like, uh, the stuff is not happening, right? The USC is not joining until 2024, it is, right? Yeah, and um, Texas and Oklahoma are not joining the SEC until 2025. Oh, I didn't even know that. That's, yeah, that's a while. You didn't remember that they're joining or? No, no, no. I remember they were joining. I, I mean that, that it was going to be 2025. Yeah. I definitely remember they were joining the SEC. And so, like, you know, South Bend, Indiana to Ann Arbor, Michigan is a two-hour and 43-minute drive. You know, South Bend to Columbus is a um, – four-and-a-half-hour drive. You know, South Bend to East Lansing is a, you know, two-and-a-half-hour drive or whatever, so. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. The other teams in the state of Indiana are in the Big Ten. That's Purdue and IU. That's yeah. in the Big Ten. Um, so it would be pretty logical, in my opinion. And I don't also know about like their relationship with the ACC, right? Because it is like kind of, right? Like they're in the ACC for basketball and like they're in that ACC for that one year pandemic year. Like it's, that's a little interesting too. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that they would have to pay apparently an exit fee from the ACC and everybody would have to leave. So like, basketball, soccer, you know, baseball, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, would have to leave and go mm-hmm. to the mm-hmm. The only two sports that aren't in the ACC right now are football, which is obviously independent, and hockey, which is in, uh, you know, and because that's because the ACC doesn't have a hockey conference. Or excuse mm-hmm. me. Yeah, that's what I mean. Um, mm-hmm. I think hockey should go back to hockey East to be honest, but that's a discussion for a different day because, I mean, you and I both know how good of a conference Hockey East is. I think Hockey East is the best conference in the country for hockey. 
Yeah. This is at conferences, you know, the Boston teams, which we don't need to talk about, um, you know, one of them. Um, and UConn and UMass and UMass Lowell and Northeastern and um, Providence, and Maine, Vermont. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's good teams. Yeah, maybe they'd be a little out of place geographically, but... They used uh, to be in Hockey East. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Now they're in the Big Ten for hockey, so they would just stay in hockey in the Big Ten. Um, they're in that conference with teams that are, you know, geographically located, you know, near them. Ohio State, Wisconsin, Penn State, Michigan State. Um, and Minnesota. Mm-hmm. So those are all, you know, except for really Penn State, those are all pretty close to Notre Dame. Yeah. Much bigger schools, too. Yeah. And so that'll just about do it for us as we wrapped up the, you know, some of the big names in the Summer League and everything else and so thank you for joining me gavin this was fun we'll do it again soon thank you yeah sounds good yes um and so you know i hope you enjoy this episode everybody uh thank you have a good day